go. Welcome to the main zone. I am Jermaine. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. Wherever you are or however you're listening, I appreciate it. Whether it be was that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, it's really it, honestly it really is appreciated. So today, hope at first, hope by safe. Texas has been brutal. We're still living in a pandemic, so hopefully everybody is doing their thing. Now, today I'm going to go over a couple topics. I'm switching it up because originally I was going to go whole, have a whole podcast on like relationships and particular jobs and, you know, um, maneuvering through top level sports jobs. But I'm going to switch it up a little bit after um, watching something about Mike Tyson, actually. But I'll get to that here in a second. Let's get to the news first. All right. We're still living in a pandemic. Man. Well, we're almost a year in now. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll be a full year in of the first shutdown that we had. So please, you know, um, take every safety precaution that you can. Still live, but, uh, to, you know, be safe. Now, Texas this past week has been brutal. Valentine evening, well, the night before Valentine's started icing over, then late Valentine started snowing, and then by 2 a.m., Monday, the 15th, uh, the power in my home actually went out. We didn't get power until Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. So it's freezing. I mean, all the power basically in Texas went out, which is so unfortunate for so many families who've had flooding, pipes bursting, you know, some people, you know, possibly freezing to death, things like that. It's horrible. It's cold here, cold as heck. The first day, you know, we went out and played in the snow a little bit. You know, uh, made a snowman. Then it got really cold that night. I was like, man, this is ridiculous. Bundled up, though, made it through the evening. And, you know, in the clutch, my neighbor across the street came through. He got a generator, and we actually used some extension cords, stretched all the way across the street. And that next, uh, was it Tuesday night? was much, much better. Then he showed me some tricks on how to, you know, light your house up, essentially. Um with um some DeWalt batteries of all things. So appreciate him. It was it was it was it was really cool and it was a great thing for us to actually be able to be warm. But um on top of that, then you had the whole Ted Teddy Cancun cruise. You know, he took off. And you know right, let me start let me just say this. I'm not mad at the fact that he took off to go to Cancun. Heck, if I could find a direct flight and just be like, hey babe, let's take the kids to Cancun during this you know, this power outage, I've done the same thing, but I'm not, I'm not a public official. So it's more or less the optics. It just didn't look good. You can do whatever you want to do. I mean, we have the freedom to do that. It's just how it looked. No, he couldn't have turned the power on any faster, but there's things, small things that he could have done um, that could have aided his, you know, fellow Texans, you know, just small gestures. He could have went out and just passed out, you know, warm blankets to people that are homeless or anything. I mean, come on, man, just to hop on a plane and get out of here. And then the worst part is he threw his kids under the bus talking about he did it because he wanted to be a good dad because his his daughters wanted to go out of town. Like, I mean, own it, man. Just say, look, hey, you know what? There's nothing I got to do here. There's no reason for me to sit here and freeze. I'm going to Cancun because I have the money to do it. It is what it is. Like, I would respect him if he just took that stance. But he didn't. Uh, he threw his kids in the bus. 
and then try to say that he's going to come back the next day and things like that. He just, I think today he actually had a, um, an interview where he didn't own it again. He just was like, you know, I'm looking out for the Texas people, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, just own it. And I'll get over it. Cause I'm actually not mad that you could actually do that. I'm just, you know, you just, just optics of it look bad. Um, but I'm going to continue with the news. You know, president Biden, he's about a month in to his presidency. Let's see how things go. Hopefully this takes four, four years. Um, Brings more peace, um, more love for all people. We will see, though. We will see. And then, well, quick shout out to Fox San Antonio, Camila Rambaldi, and Idea Public Schools. For those that don't know, I was actually featured on a segment called SA Strong. Really cool. Um, happened this past, it was, I think it was January 14th when it aired. Um, so far, it's had 9,700 views on their Facebook page. So for those that have watched it, I appreciate it. It's really cool to do. I was humbled. It's not a, a often that uh, educators in my area, like I'm, I'm essentially, a, you know, I'm looked at as like a coach that is uh, rewarded by being featured on something like that. It was, it was awesome. Um, you know, got to continue doing the work that I do within the community community that I work in. It's, it's a lot of stress, but a lot of fun. While I'm talking about my school, though, man, shout out to my high school boys basketball team. They made the playoffs for the first time in school history this past year. We um, we won our first round game. Then we got beat in the by-district round. But a huge, huge accomplishment considering, you know, uh, our one of our players was murdered this, this past September. I had one, two, three, four seniors. Uh, either quit, decided not to play due to COVID, or failed off the team. So my, my the team that I had in August was not the team that I, like I envisioned on having going into the year was not the one I ended up with. I had four freshmen playing heavy minutes, but they did an awesome job. Uh, it was great, great for our school. The seniors, the three seniors that still finished the year, they left us some good hands. I think it would be even better next year. But it was, it was great for those young men to finally break through and make the playoffs. I know it felt great. They've been hearing me bark at them since they were sixth graders on, you know, how to play the game the right way. And, and to pull through was awesome. I mean, I'm so – I was so uh, happy for those guys. Speaking of the NBA, last night the Lakers got destroyed by Brooklyn. Um, as expected, there's no AD it, can it be a preview of the finals? Yes. KD didn't play as well, but, and um, I don't think, it'd be interesting if they match up in the finals. It's going to be tough. The, 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 the Nets are good. Like, they're really good. Like, we can knock their defense all you want, but can you actually, like, keep up that pace that they can play for our scoring the basketball? You know, NBA All-Star starters were announced. LeBron starting for the 17th time along with Luka. Who else is starting? I'm off the top of my head. Luca's starting in the West. So is, I forgot. Oh, Jokic. I forgot the rest of the guy. Oh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, you know. So then the East, you know, you got Kyrie, Durant starting, Embiid is starting. It should be a good game. I don't think they should play personally this year just due to the coronavirus. Not, not necessarily the safety of the players. It's more or less the safety of the city. I know it's in Atlanta. And promoters going to throw parties. And so you're just going to have super spreader events because it'll be the NBA uh, weekend, so to say. But um, that's, you know, enough for the NBA. 
right there. Season's moving right along. They're doing a good job of pulling guys and postponing teams and games when needed. So they're moving right along with their season. Brady, football. Brady got number seven, y'all. Man, more Super Bowls than, what, any franchise? The Patriots have six, Pittsburgh has six, six, and Brady has seven. You know, dismantled the um, Chiefs. Now, I'm going to say this, get it out the way. Um, It's not a wasted year for Mahomes. Think about it. This is his third year as a full-time starter. Year one, he lost in the AFC Championship game. Year two, he wins the Super Bowl. Year three, he loses in the Super Bowl. So it's crazy as you listen to these sports analysts and they're literally like, oh, he can never catch Brady or, oh, my gosh, he's terrible now. Or he can't you know, be the greatest of all time. I mean, come on, man. With these knee-jerk reactions, first, you can't just skip over Mahomes over all the other great quarterbacks. But then at the same time, like, pace yourselves, man. Like you, it's, it's like they're, everybody's trying to find like a, like a hot take at everything. Like just take even a couple of weeks ago, uh, Stephen A was on on first take. I saw it on IG, and he was saying that Kyrie Irving needs to retire. And then a week later, he was like, "The Nets are going to the finals." Like, bro, come on! Like, you you can't you know flip flop uh, that fast in in your analysis of a of a team and what's going on. But that's all you know with the news. You know, Serena Williams got beat in the semifinal of the Australian Open. It might be it might be time for her to hang it up. We'll see. Uh, did anybody watch the Tiger Woods documentary? I thought it was really good. I wish he would have spoke a little bit more. Uh, the only thing I I didn't know was the um, the the effort that TMZ <laughs> would uh, go to to get a story. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out. There's a there's a part in the documentary. I think it was part two where they catch Tiger doing some things he shouldn't do. But to get the proof, they like go dig in a trash can for something. So just go check that out. It's, it's wow. Like, wow. You really, really, really were stalking this guy. He's a goat golfer though. I mean, that doesn't need to be said. I mean, even if he doesn't catch Jack, he's the best golfer that we've ever seen. Um, period. I mean, even at that stretch that he had in the two thousands, early two thousands, late nineties to early two thousand, he's just annihilating everybody. I mean, that was just a sight to see. I actually love golf because of Tiger. I'm not a professional or anything, but I love to play because of Tiger Woods. Now, let's go to, uh, like, let's let me give you a, what was happening last month with me. So, you know, we had a great family vacation. We went to California. I was able to see the Grand Canyon for the first time. And then ended the trip struggling. It took us about 20 hours to get back because we hit a record-level snowstorm in between El Paso and San Antonio. Uh, we had to stop several times. I think we sat on the highway for like six hours straight, not moving. And, and during that time, though, I actually got a text message that uh, the a athletic director, former athletic director at Oakwood University, James Roddy, had passed away of COVID. Uh, I just want to take some time real quick to speak about him uh, as a great man and mentor that he was for not only me, but so many other people that he was in contact with over his, what, like five decade career as an athletic director over at Oakwood. Uh, a man that taught me a lot of not, you know, X and O's about basketball, but about just being a Christ centered man, man of integrity. You know, many hours I spent sitting in his living room, uh, listening to him talk to me, but just about life. And what's crazy is I'm pretty sure 
you could take a 60 year old person, a 40 year old me, and then like a 25 year old. And we'd all have similar stories of where he just, you know, he'd gravitate towards you or you gravitate towards him. And then he would spend time with you, like quality time, talking to you about um, life and choices and wanting to meet your kids and wanting to meet your spouse and always ending every conversation. If you went to his house with prayer, every time you left, he's like, all right, let's pray together right quick. Uh, Deeply missed. I was so blessed, actually, to be able to fly out to Huntsville for his funeral. Um, Very, you know, touching moment, but I'm glad I was able to pay those last respects to him. Just an awesome, awesome example when you think about it, for those that don't know him, here's a white guy who took a job at an HBCU in the 1960s and, and stayed there until he retired, I think, like 2016, 2015, 2016, 2017, around there. I mean, think about that. You have to love people, to, and black people in particular, to be a white guy from Mississippi and say, this is where I'm going to go work. This is where I'm going to build my legacy and build my career. So huge shout-out to the Roddy family. Uh, thank you, Mr. Roddy, for the many life lesson, lessons that you taught me. Um, I, I remember them, and I hold on to them uh, dearly. Now, so the topic I had was on relationships, and if you saw my post on IG last week, I was going off about it, about you know certain jobs, AD jobs and NBA general manager jobs, and like, you know, big time jobs like we, we, for us, for black people to get in the door, you need to have somebody to help you out sometimes. Right. So. So I end up on. So I end up being asked by my friend Shay to get on his um, Facebook live podcast, which is called Kicking It 316. Which is an awesome, awesome, awesome production. I had a great time on there on this past Monday night. So it's Croc Kicks. Geo and KP, they they're doing a great thing. Y'all should check them out. They come on Mondays at eight Central Time. So I was on there, and we were actually talking about you know what I was going to discuss, which is the whole. I got to this because of the whole Urban Meyer Chris Doyle hire. Like it, for those that don't know, Chris Doyle was accused of racism, bullying his players, being intimidating to his players. So he was let go from Iowa. Now he's let go and ends up with a NFL job. Because he's friends with Urban Meyer. So this is what I, I got to thinking about this. Like, man, for, for you know, if you, if you break through and you're able to become a general manager or head coach or AD, like look out for somebody that looks like you or that's a friend of yours that can do the job. I'm not saying a handout. I'm saying look out for somebody that can actually do the job. Or if you know some young bucks that are coming behind you, mentor them. You know, find you some a mentee and, and show them the way. Teach them how to do these type of jobs so they can break through as well. Because we, we, we know that a lot of jobs are literally relationship built. I mean, look what Bill O'Brien. He ran the Texans into the ground and then got a job with Alabama. Like, that shouldn't happen. But he's friends with Saban, so he gets the job. So that was what my whole podcast was going to be about. Literally, I was doing all my research and, you know, about, you know, if you get in the door, you know, if you get through, like push it through for other people to get through as well. But I'm not going to go on that. I'm, I decided to do something else. And I'm going to tell you what it is here in a second. But before I do that, this, listen to this. All right. This is what I say about relationships with NFL jobs and jobs in general. Most likely high level, high paying jobs are probably similar to this statistic. So. 
According to the NFL's 2020 diversity report, nine of the league's 32 head coaches in 2019-2020 were either the son or father of a current or former NFL head coach, coordinator, or position coach. Meanwhile, 63 of the league's coaches were related to each other either biologically or through marriage. And 53 of those related coaches were white. So this is why I say relationships really matter. I mean, if you look, they're just, you know, you get in because your dad was a coach or coordinator and now you're in. It's like so many of these jobs are so relationship centered that if you're able to get, you know, in these positions, you know, look out for the next crop coming around or... If you have a friend that wants to be in that profession and has, has paid their dues, let's say they're, you know, they want to be in, say, you're an AD, you get the job of a big time power five uh, school or you're, you're an NFL GM and you have a buddy that's always want to get into the business and he's a scout. You know, he might be an NFL scout already. You know, see if you can advance him up, the uh, make, him a, make him a lead scout, you know, or something like that just to push him through. And uh, it's similar to what, if you've paid attention to LeBron James' career outside of basketball, is what he has done. He has, he did not get where he was, or before he made it big in the NBA. Yes, drafted first, 2003. He didn't sign a brand new agency. He didn't dis, like let go of his uh, roots, his friends that he came up with. He basically had them learn how to be experts in their field, and now they're experts in their field. Like, look at Maverick Carter. He runs the entire marketing and uh, part of uh, Spring Hill. They've got so many shows that are, that are that they're doing. Like a Rich Paul, he's probably the, the, the most high-profile agent in the NBA, and now he's tapped into the NFL as well. I know he has Chase Young, um, the rookie from the Redskins, as a client, and then Rich Rich uh, Mims. What did he do? He followed suit. He got actually got a hold of Michael Jordan's. Um, personal assistant and learn from him on how to be the best personal assistant he could be for LeBron. So he empowered those guys, which also in turn created jobs for them and created wealth for them. He didn't say, okay, yeah, I made it now. I'm about to go hire these guys that I don't even know. They don't have my best interest in mind. I'm a, uh, he started with his crew, but also empowered them and they got educated and they bumped shoulders with the right people and learned how to become experts in their field. And look what they're doing now. I mean, they're phenomenal, phenomenal men in their field, uh, leaders in their field, in their industries here in America. So that's just awesome to see. So that's my big point is just, you know, when you can, that's when that was going to be my entire podcast. But then that day that I did the IG post, I sent a message from uh, I was watching a clip from Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, his podcast. He had Saquon Barkley on, and Bar and 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 they were going. They were th this little snippet was just Tyson saying, "There's nothing that somebody can do to you that you can't forgive." It's some things in this world that like some people can do to you, and that like you just like, and you can still forgive them. There's nothing in the world someone can do to you that you can't forgive them. You don't got to fuck with them. You don't got to hang out with them. That would be cool, too. But you don't got to do that shit. But to clear your soul, you have to forgive them because you're having all that tension energy 
towards towards them that is you're doing all the energy you're creating it so if you cut that down you have a better long living status of life than you would if you're focusing all that energy up on this negative guy who you believe did you wrong which he did i can't forgive the person but still cut him off <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like in my heart so you're saying like within your you heart forgive him but you just cut him off yeah yeah. So you're saying like within your heart, like you don't have to like feed into that negativity. No, you don't have to think, oh, I want to yeah. kill that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If nobody's around, I would kill him. No, leave him alone. That's too much stress on you. And I was like, man, wow. So I sent it to my wife and she was like, hey, you should do a podcast on forgiveness. I was like, man, how do you, how do you, how do you go with that? And so then I thought about my own life and said, okay, yeah, yeah. I can actually put something together about that and, and make it relatable to people, hopefully. Because, um, you know, with my podcast, I don't want to just talk sports, you know, all day, 24-7. So this is what it is. It's really on forgiveness, uh, especially amongst, you know, minority communities, black people in particular, black men, you know, and women. We've been wronged, um, whether it be a parent, a, a dad leaving, a mom leaving, uh, not, no relationship with grandparents, slighted at school. And I'm talking about that deep-seated um Forgiveness, not, you know, like your dad missed a basketball game or your mom, you know, didn't make you dinner. Not that type of forgiveness. I'm talking about the forgiveness that it takes when you've dealt with trauma. And it makes and if you can find that forgiveness, then it makes you a better person. So that's that's what I'm actually going at today. So I'm going to tell you a quick story. It's like a quick snippet of pieces of my 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 journey, you could say. And. It's crazy how when you forgive, you actually become a better person. Like, man. And so that was like, so I, before I get into that, I did listen to the rest of Mike Tyson's podcast. And it was just remarkable to hear him say that he has forgiven everybody and wants to have love for everyone. Because think about how many people have done him wrong in his life. Think about it. His own mother, Don King, Robin Givens. Like these people, and yes, yes, Mike Tyson is wrong people as well. But, I mean, people have truly, truly wronged this man. And he's right there on his podcast. It's like, you have to forgive. You have to. And you don't have to mess with them. You don't have to jack, you know, fool with them. But you have to forgive them. And so that's what I, I wanted to share uh, on this episode of The Main Zone. So here it is. Let me give you the whole backstory. So, you know, growing up, uh, my biological father actually, you know, I remember when I was a little kid, but then I was about six. I was in kindergarten. He, he left. So he moved back to North Carolina. And according to my mom, you know, I was crying all, you know, a lot about it because, you know, you're hurt. I'm six years old. Don't understand why. And so he, he's gone. So I see him again. I think it was like 13 or 14. And then he comes to my high school graduation then he comes to my brother's high school graduation. So I see him in 93, 94, around there. Then I see him again in 1999. And I see him again in May of 2000. Then I see him again in November of 2000. My brother happened to be playing his college basketball. He's a freshman at Appalachian State University. And their first, their first game was against uh, University of North Carolina. So he came over to watch the game. My brother played well. He started and things like that. Shout out to Noah. Great job. And I saw him again when I was, I think, 20, 21, 
and then I didn't speak to him again for years. So I, I probably spoke to him 10 times, 10 to, let's say 10 to 12 times from six until 21. And then I didn't speak to him at all from, let's say, 22 until I was 29, 28, 29, like zero communication at all. So I'm in Mexico playing basketball. My season's, you know, I'm down there. I'm living down there from, I get there like in July, August, and I come back to the States in like March, February, March. So I'm down there and I'm engaged. And so I'm, I'm on Messenger. If y'all remember Messenger from back in the day, I'm on Messenger with uh, my wife's, well, girl from the time, her mother. We're going back and forth and I'm just, you know, sharing about who I am a little bit. And she asked me something about my 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 dad, and I said, "Do you mean my biological father?" She said, "Yes." And we we're going back and forth about you know frustrations that I have, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm always angry. It's just who I am. I've had a bad ad- not a bad attitude, but I'm quick tempered. Been like that my whole life. It just it is it is what it is. So if those that know me, yes. Like when I was in college, I was short fused. People called me a hothead. I had a terrible nickname by some of my closest friends in college. Um, and it just, it was, it, it, that's what I, that's who I was. Very short tempered, quick to want to fight, quick to voice my frustrations. And it didn't matter who it was. I remember uh, my junior year at Oakwood, there was a tornado warning and they had told us to like, exit West Oaks. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm grown. I'll stay where I want to stay. So it took us, I eventually left. I ended up at a basement. I think it's Moran Hall, the basement. And I'm kind of, I'm like smirking about this whole situation. And then one of the RAs like touched my arm or something. I literally just cursed him out and then cursed out the, the, uh, the Dean of the of West Oaks. And then like, what, like four years later, I'm playing basketball at uh, Oakwood's alumni tournament. I'm, but I'm, I'm a pro, so I'm, you know, I, I come in there thinking I'm big time. And play, I'm playing really well, but we end up, we just finished our game. And I'm watching another game, so I have to be sitting on the, ble- on the bleachers. And I'm, I'm mouthing about a player that I don't, I don't know the player. I just, I'm just going at this guy like, man, this dude's trash. Always whining, always trying to get calls, things like that. Now, I don't know that I'm actually sitting next to like like two people away from me. It's his mom. And I don't know that. So I'm sitting there next to my man, J-Rob. He's like a big brother to me. And I'm like, yeah, man, this dude sucks. And whatever I was saying, I was just, you know, I wasn't saying the, the nicest thing. And next thing I know, you know, this, this, this Mrs. Bushner, she was like, hey, yeah, you don't have to talk like that. And I just lost it, you know, just just lost it for no reason, you know, completely disrespectful, completely disrespectful. And after the tournament got ready to wrap up for that day, uh, her husband came in to speak to me and let me know, you know, that I was wrong. I was apologetic. Now I just let him know I'm just short fused. And, you know, I just basically just spazzed out. So all this is, is who I was. Now, by the way, they ended up being some of the best uh, mentors. Pastor Bushner became the, one of the, and Mrs. Bushner, just mentors for me over the past, let's say like, like probably like 12, 13 years now. Beautiful couple, thankful for everything they've actually done for me and my family. But back to 
like where I was going. It's like the, everything was always built up frustration, pent up energy, like mad, mad, mad. And so my mother-in-law, well, my wife's mom at the time, well, my girlfriend's mom at the time, was like, this is why you're angry. You're angry at your, at your dad, your father. It's like, no, I'm not. This is who I am. I've always been like this. It's not, no, no. It's, it's rooted somewhere, and that's where it's rooted. I was like, look here, armchair psychologist, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't want to hear it. And, but then I, I asked my, I asked Mel, I was like, hey, can y'all get me the number to my grandmother's house? Because I didn't know um, uh, Mitch's phone number. And they get me the number and I call my grandmother's house. Now, mind you, I haven't spoke to my grandmother probably like seven, eight years at all. And she answers the phone. I say, hey, this is Jermaine. And they go, they actually go crazy. Like, oh my God, Jermaine's, oh man, go get Mitch, blah, blah, blah. And he gets on the phone. And we speak for probably like, like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And when we get off the phone, I literally had like a breakdown. Like right there in my hotel room. Like I had a full scale, like you might as well thought I was coming out the womb crying uh i guess it was i don't know uh i i don't know why i just cried and that started our like let's say not relationship at the time at all it was just say like an olive branch and so i get back to the states and i let him know that i'm actually getting married he didn't know that he didn't know i was playing basketball he really didn't know anything about me and so I was like, you know what? Let me go see him. So my brother and I, we go out to North Carolina to visit. We're there for like a day and a half. And it's crazy because I had been there twice that I remember. And we actually drove by his house. Like we're kind of lost. Not lost, but we're like, we don't know exactly where we're going. But we know we're on the right highway. We actually drive right by his house. And I'm like, hey, that's his house right there. I just I knew it was his. I remembered it, I guess. And because I'd been there when I was like 20. And it's all and they all live on like on one street. And so we get out, we spent a few days there. Nothing, no deep conversation, I don't think. That trip, as far as him talking to me, he was doing a lot of talking to my wife about, you know. He's always loved his boys and things like that. Because my brother, my, well, one of my brothers and I, Noah and I, we have the same father. Then my other two siblings have the same father. And it's, but we all have the same mom. So then about a year after that, we meet up in Atlanta. And this is where, like, the, the, the forgiveness takes place. And so I remember we get to town. And if I remember correctly, my brother and I leave and we go to church on that Saturday and my, my wife stays and she hears, he does a lot of talking to her. Like he, he tells her how he feels and I guess to relay the message to me. And so my brother and I go on from, you know, church time, like two or three hours. And then we get back and then that evening we go to Top Golf. And we're sitting at Top Golf and he, it just happened. And let's say, like, let's say the universe moves in a mysterious way. So we're sitting there and it's my brother and I, and he's at the table with us. And he, 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 he 
in his own way, he apologizes. And then in the midst of his apology, I'm like, hey, man, we're good. We're good. Like, it's all good. Whatever happened, happened. You can't go backwards. And literally, like right then, like, I quit being angry so fast. And I still get upset. Like, I'm not saying I'm some punk now. But the, like, somebody say something to me and I just spaz out and go off or, or want to hit somebody because they say something, was gone. Like, that type of anger was, was literally, like, wiped away. I had fully forgiven him right then for any wrongdoing. And I, did I have to? No. And as Tyson said in his quick snippet, did I have to talk to him after that? No, but I needed to forgive him because that was all my frustration that I had. Probably my entire life, at six years old, I probably got that angry at the situation that happened. And I didn't let that go until I was probably 33, 34, 35, around there, uh, years old. Probably a little bit younger. I forgot the exact date, the year. I just remember the the, the night. We are just sitting there, and it was just gone. Like, man, wow. I wish I could have did that 20 years ago. But I didn't know how to face that, that type of forgiveness it takes when someone has truly wronged you. Because if you don't forgive them, it just eats, it eats you away. And then now at the age that I'm at now, I've seen from different you know, people that have been in my life where they've allowed not, not been, they've allowed the, they've had the inability to forgive somebody that it's, it's, it's hindered their life. And I didn't think it was going to have that big of an impact on me forgiving, forgiving him, but it really has. It really did. I mean, even this past Christmas, we spoke on the phone for about 20 minutes. And I told my wife, Ryan got the phone. I was like, man, a great chat, great chat. And we're not, we don't have like that father son relationship. I don't think that ever, that, that will ever be that way. But we have like a, a, a good friendship. Like I, 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 I feel he's a friend. So I'm like, I can call whenever I, anytime I want to feel that what happened in the past is actually gone. There's no ill will towards him at all. He could be a grandfather to my kids. It's allowed me to be a better human being, a better dad, a better husband, uh, just a better person because that pent up trauma that I can go on all day about what it did to me, but that's not the purpose of this. The purpose is, is forgiveness. And when you can do that, it literally can change your life. And it did for me personally. So I'm, if I can use myself as an example, it, man, like, whew, yeah, I have no idea what it did for me. And then even people that come in contact with me now, they're like, hey, man, remember back in the day? Da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, but like, I just, you know, that's not me anymore. Or people that have seen me in the last few years. And yes, come, some, I, I attribute some of it to age. I am older and wiser and smarter. I've slowed down a lot. But a lot of it, a lot of it stems from that, that right there, that just... When you can forgive somebody that doesn't deserve forgiving, that's, that's huge. And then when you can move on in life and then have you know, respect for them and love for them, it just makes you a better person. So 
for those that are listening to this, hopefully that's the, the big takeaway today is that if you need to forgive somebody, do it. Do it in your own time. But like Tyson said, you can forgive them and never talk to them again, but you need to forgive them. Because as I was doing, I was allowing my hatred and hurt, not I say not hatred, my hurt of what happened to run my life. And that's what we don't want to happen. Nobody should want to allow someone else to run your life. Like he was still living his life. Now, I don't know if he was waking up every day angry as I was. I'll never probably know. But I was waking up, and there was a, that underlying frustration that was always there. And once I forgave him, and it was over with. And I think that's what all of us need to do here in 2021. Because all of us, a lot of us, have had people wrong us, wrong us, and it hinders us. And that's all it does. And if, if I can listen to a 15, literally 15, 20 second snippet of Mike Tyson come up with all this, we all can, you know, if, if, if it's needed to have that person that you need to, to forgive, whether it be a parent, a teacher, Anybody that's really, really wronged you in life. Again, I'm not talking about, you know, something minor. I'm just talking about somebody that really created a void in your life and you've not had the ability to get over it because you can't forgive them. Because I tell you this, if you can't, that frustration would trickle down to your kids and you won't be as great of a parent as you can be because you always have that right there. And for anybody that's older than me, that hasn't forgiven yet, ask them probably is some of their frustration that they've had and how they've treated their kids. Is it stem from their hurt that they've not been able to forgive somebody for something that they've done to them? And as long as we all have breath, especially the person that wronged you has breath, go ahead and, and give and give them that forgiveness and then move on in life. Man, we, we, he and I, you know, my biological father and I happen to be friends now. But again, you don't have to be that. You could just forgive them and move on. So that's, that was what my big chat was today. I'll get back to sports next time. But I thought it was cool to talk about, um, especially now when we have access to everybody, we can pick up the phone, find them on social media, or send a text message to anybody that we do need to you know, let them know that they're forgiven in your own way. I never just said, hey, I forgive you. It was just a couple chats that we had, conversations, and boom, it was gone. And I'm good. I'm a better person because of that. I'm going to end with this, though. I didn't forget. Happy Black History Month, man. Like, so my question, it's funny about, let's say, Black History I'm a, I'm I'm teaching a speech class at school, and so this month I had all the kids do an informative speech on a Black history, either topic or person. So that's been cool. But I end y'all with this: Who are you more like, Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? And for those that want to think, guess who? What I'm more like? Please put it in my leave it a comment on my YouTube page or on the main zone. And let me know which which one you think. But as always, stay safe, be blessed. I'm out. Till next time.